This afternoon, I just want to offer an invitation. Seriously. Uh, we'll just offer an invitation this afternoon. I want to say a couple things before that, though. So, <clears throat> you might have been invited to something that you felt was important, uh, you thought was neat or cool or whatever. You want to say, uh, when I was in high school, I got invited to two uh, basketball all-star games. At the time, that was uh, pretty ego-boosting. I thought it was cool. It was neat. Uh, and that was, that was cool. I didn't end up playing in either one of them. It obviously wasn't that cool. Um, but that was, that was an invitation that, that sticks out in my mind, uh, one that I'm sure I'll forget of uh, as time goes on. But I've been offered another invitation, and, and you've been offered this invitation as well, um, a completely different invitation, um, an invitation that's so important that any other invitation you've been offered before pales in comparison to this invitation. Uh, it's the invitation that we'll offer here in just a few minutes. It's an invitation that's been offered to you before, and uh, an invitation that will likely be offered to you again. But what's certain is... This is the chance we have, and today is the only invitation that we're guaranteed uh, in life. I want to talk to you about the importance of the invitation. Um, not an importance of any invitation you've gotten through sports or your job, or if you got invited to go to the White House. I don't know what it is, um, but the invitation of Jesus. I thought this picture was pretty cool. It says air mail. I personally would have put prayer mail if I was doing it, but whatever. Uh, the invitation of Jesus, an invitation that's offered to all of us. And I, I don't want to take very much of your time. I just want to bring out a couple points, read a few verses, and we'll offer the invitation from Jesus. You know, we have an invitation at, at every one of our services. Um, I think that's because we find biblical precedence for that. We find biblical precedence to pray and to sing and to teach. Um, and I believe we find biblical precedence to, to have an invitation and I hope that we can prove that as well. Um, before we really dive in, I think there's some important things we need to note. That the invitation is or that the invitation should be. Uh, obviously speaking about the invitation that we have in our service. One of those things that the invitation is or at least should be the most important part of a lesson. It should be uh, well thought out. It should be thought provoking. It should be personal. Um, if you think about the invitation we had this morning, I think that that applies, at least most of them, uh, that it was, it was thought-provoking. He offered a challenge that even if you're someone who isn't going to be in leadership, maybe this is something you should try, that you should strive for. That's personal. That's thought-provoking. It was well thought out. It was planned out. Um, it was the most important part of that lesson. We have guys, and, and personally I've done this, if you've spoken before, you're guilty of getting up there and saying, this is the lesson I have prepared. Really? I know that's the lesson you prepared. And not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, as long as you have a well-thought-out invitation. It's Jesus' invitation, as we see, and as we'll prove later on in, in just a minute here in this study. And really, an invitation as, for you as a speaker um, is just Jesus' invitation. An invitation that is not personal, an invitation that is not thought-provoking, an invitation that is, well, that is not well thought out, or an invitation that is not a most important part of your lesson is just shortchanging Jesus and His invitation. And so I just have three points. Hope, 
the fact that it's Jesus' invitation and the fact that it's your choice and that you have to make the choice. In Matthew chapter 25, we won't have this on the board, Jesus reads there in the, uh, throughout the chapter, but the first 13 verses there is the parable of the ten virgins. They are extended an invitation. Jesus speaks there. There were ten virgins who came. Five of them were wise. Five of them were foolish. They were offered an invitation. And I think we show that they had hope for the reward that was offered to them in that invitation. They had hope for that. That was from Jesus. And it was their choice whether to trim the lamps. It was their choice whether to uh, prepare with enough oil or not. And that's an invitation that we find in the Scripture. I just want to read over these three points. The invitation is a symbol of hope. If you're here today, you have hope. If you're here today, you have a chance to go to heaven. Isn't that incredible? If you're here today, you will be offered an invitation. An invitation from Jesus himself, and therein lies an incredible amount of hope. In Matthew chapter 14, um, and we'll just read there verse 28 and 29, we see a, or there's a picture painted there of Peter and Jesus. And Peter answered him, speaking of Jesus, and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And when, the Peter, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Jesus offers an invitation to Peter. Peter asks for it. He says, Lord, if it's you, I'd like an invitation to come out, to come to you. And Jesus says, come. He offers him the invitation. And if you continue reading there through verse at least 33, um, Peter steps out on the water. He starts looking at what everything's that's around him, and he starts to sink. And he, he reaches out his hand, and there's Jesus, and he pulls him out. Folks, as long as you are alive, you have hope. Just like Peter, if you'll place yourself in that situation, or compare the situation to you rather, you have hope. And as long as you are there, as long as you are here in life, as long as Jesus is there, He will be there with the arm extended. He will be there ready to offer you an invitation. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible that you have that chance today, that you will have that invitation? In Romans chapter 8 it says, For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what, a, for what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we, have, we see not, then, we do, we, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I don't know what you hope for today, but I know one thing about it. You probably hope for something that you don't have. Nobody hopes for something they have. Let me tell you, if you have a sin problem today, you hope for relief. You hope for heaven. You hope for something better. You hope for, for that relief that Jesus can give you. If you have health issues today, you hope for relief. You hope for something that you don't have. You hope for something better. That's a given. It, no matter what problem you have, anywhere from a sin problem to health issues, you can have hope through Jesus. We have something better offered when Jesus' invitation. Therein lies a great amount of hope. A great deal that we have. Some people have problems feeling like they're just not close enough to God. They feel like God is so far away from them. 
You don't know what you need. I just need something. My spirit needs something. There's something missing. I need something. There's a hole there. It needs to be filled. That happens as Christians. But we have hope through Jesus' invitation. It says there, the spirit maketh intercession. Let me tell you, the invitation of Jesus will give you hope. When you come forward, when you accept Jesus' invitation, the Spirit takes over. The Spirit will, will be able to make intercession for you with, with things you didn't even know, with, in ways that you can be helped that you didn't even know you could be helped. And that's why we have so much hope through Jesus' invitation. It is Jesus' invitation. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I suppose this is the thought of lesson. This is the invitation that Jesus gives. He says, My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come. The same invitation that he gave to Peter, the same invitation that he gives us today to come, to come to Jesus is the invitation. We don't know what ways Jesus will make our life easier, but we know that it will be easier. He says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. He's calling to those that, are, that labor. He's calling to those that are heavy laden. He's calling to those that have a sin problem. He's calling to those that have health issues. He's calling to those that just feel far away from God. That's who he's calling to. And he says, come, and I'll make it easier. I'll make it lighter. This is the invitation from Jesus. Matthew 9 says, But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but the sinner, the sinner to repentance. Jesus comes because of the invitation. It is Jesus' purpose to be here. It was Jesus' reason for coming to the earth. It was Jesus' reason for dying on the cross was to offer the invitation. It was to offer you hope. That is the invitation that he offers. And finally, this afternoon, it is your choice. No one can force you to make this choice. Jesus himself cannot force you to make this choice. But I think if you'll be honest with yourself, you'll find that you answer every time that invitation is offered. That you make your choice every time that invitation is offered. Second Peter says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men account slackness, but is long suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus may not be willing that you perish, but he's going to let you make your choice. Jesus is going to come, he's been here, and he's offered the invitation, and now it is your choice. Second Corinthians says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you were sorrowed, to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. You know, this is something I had trouble with for a while. Something that can be kind of confusing. You say, well, I don't know the difference in worldly sorrow or godly sorrow. We'll talk about that here in just a minute a little bit further, but it's a scary thing to think Man, I, I, want, I want to have godly sorrow. I don't want to have a worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow works death. We want to have a godly sorrow, and it takes godly sorrow to accept the invitation from Jesus. Here's your choice this afternoon. 
We can choose improvement at the invitation, or we can choose to accept mediocrity. We can choose to fight our problems. We can choose to stand up to Satan, or we can choose to, to run from our problems. We can choose to say yes to Jesus, or we can say yes to Satan. We can say yes to self, yes to our desires. You can come forward and accept the invitation from Jesus, or you can let your chance pass by. It's as simple as that. The invitation is simple, and, and a very important thing to remember is that you will answer. You will answer this invitation. Whether or not you come forward, you will answer this invitation. It's set forth from Jesus, and now you have to make your choice. We read of Peter, and we read of Judas. First Peter in Luke chapter 22, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. We, we know the story. We know what happened. We know that Peter said he wouldn't deny Jesus. Jesus tells him that he will. And Peter denies Jesus three times. And here in this instance, in, in verse 61 and 62, whenever Jesus and Peter lock eyes, Peter went out and wept bitterly. He made his choice. And now Jesus offers him this invitation, if you will. And if you'll skip ahead to 1 John chapter 1, we know the choice that Peter made. Jesus says to Peter three times, Lovest thou me more than these? That might not be right. Jesus said, or Peter says, of course I love you, Lord. And Jesus asked him another two times. And he says, feed my sheep. You see, Peter answered the invitation from Jesus. And I believe in verse number 62 from Peter, we see a godly sorrow. We don't see a worldly sorrow. Peter wasn't sorry that he got caught. Peter wasn't um, sorry for any other reason except for a godly sorrow. On the other hand, we have Judas. In Matthew chapter 27, we know that Judas sold, sold Jesus for silver and says there, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Judas had the same choice that Peter had. Judas had the same opportunity that Jesus had. Judas betrayed Jesus in a similar way that Peter did. But the difference was the way that they responded to the invitation from Jesus. You will respond to this invitation here in just a couple moments. And you will make your choice. And we read before in, um, in 2 Corinthians... For godly sorrow, starting in 10 there, for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh dead. Judas chose a worldly sorrow and it brought forth death. Only physical and spiritual. A worldly sorrow will bring forth death. A worldly answer, a declining of the invitation will bring forth death. But as we read there from Peter, a godly sorrow will bring forth repentance. And I think that it can be brought down to this, and this is something actually that Dad kind of touched on just a little bit this morning. 
Um, they both were repentive. And that's kind of interesting. Judas was repentive. It says there in, in the scriptures, Judas repented. It says there, um, Peter went out and wept bitterly. I believe, he, I believe he repented. The difference was the way that they repented. The, Jesus, the, the, reason, the, the reason was the way that they accepted that invitation from Jesus. Was it godly sorrow? Was it worldly sorrow? And here's the difference in my opinion, and I believe this to be true. It's where they turned. They were both sorry. They both had problems. They both had sin in their life, just as we do, but it's where they turned. When Peter was faced with Jesus' invitation, he turned to Jesus. That's a godly sorrow. That's a godly sorrow. If you have problems today, if you have a sin problem, if you have health issues, if you don't feel close to God, turn to Jesus. You might say, well, that sounds too simple. Well, it, it can be simple. Turn to Jesus. Accept the invitation from Jesus. Just as Peter was sinking there in the water and Jesus stretched forth his hand, Jesus stretched forth his hand for you today in the same way. Turn to Jesus. But Judas, on the other hand, in sin, having repented, turned away from Jesus. And he turned to himself. And he said no to Jesus' invitation. He said yes to his own lust, to his own desires, and tried to do it on his own. As we offer the invitation this afternoon, I, I implore you to turn to Jesus. It seems simple because it is. It seems profound because it is. Jesus offers this invitation to you. You must make a choice whether you come forward or not. You will answer this invitation. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.